Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 307. My guest on this episode is Andy Priest, the executive director of the Southern Golf Association. He's also one of the chief organizers behind the Elite Amateur Golf Series. Now, I had Andy on the podcast a year ago when the Elite Amateur Golf Series was first announced. And now I'm having him back to talk about the second year of the series and the new partnership between the Elite Amateur Golf Series and the back of the range. If you haven't been following along on social media and didn't hear the announcement that was made back in March, the back of the range will be providing media content and coverage all summer long for all seven of the amateur tournaments that comprise this series. Those tournaments are the Sunnahanna Amateur, the Northeast Amateur, the North and South Amateur, the Transmiss, the Southern Amateur, the Pack Coast Amateur, and finally, the Western Amateur Championship. It's going to be an exciting summer. I'm very excited for this partnership. Many thanks to Andy, Steve Pirelletti from the Western Golf Association, Vinny Fiorino from the Pack Coast Amateur, Rob Addington from the Transmiss Golf Association, John Yerger from the Sunny Hanna, Ben Tuttle from the Northeast Amateur. There's so many great people that have had a hand in this, and it's finally here. So I'm here in Pennsylvania getting ready for the start of the Sunny Hanna, the first tournament of the series. And this episode is kind of a refresher, so to speak. It lets you know how this series came to be, the exemptions that are offered to the high finishers, and a sneak peek of what's coming in 2024. Now, if you have any questions on anything that you hear in this episode, you can always hit me up by going to thebackoftherange.com, but you can also go to EliteAmateurGolfSeries.org. And as always, make sure that you're following along on social media for both the Back of the Range and the Elite Amateur Golf Series. Let's jump right into this episode. Andy, welcome back to the Back of the Range. How are you? Hey, great, Dan. Uh, thank you for having me on again. Absolutely. I, I can't believe it's been almost a, a year, uh, maybe a little bit more since we last spoke here at the back of the range talking about the uh, the inception and the start of the Elite Amateur Golf Series. And uh, it's that time of year again. Does it does it feel like just 12 months to you or feel a little bit longer? Well, it definitely feels longer because yeah. we've been working on it for, <laughs> for you know, really going back to, uh, to, to COVID um to you know february of 2020 right before covid hit us that you know this idea started um getting some traction and uh so yeah we've we've been working on it uh you know i guess this is year four technically of us working on this but year two of the actual series and uh you know we are we are excited about the the summer ahead yeah, year two of the Elite Amateur Golf Series. Uh, well, just, you know, really, really the reason I wanted to have you on is just to kind of talk about what happened last year in the in the inaugural Elite Amateur Golf Series and what lies ahead. Um, anyone that's following the back of the range on social media, Elite Am Series on social media knows that there's going to be a pretty exciting partnership this summer. So we'll get to that in a minute. But you know, for people that may be kind of bogged down on the PGA Tour or, or professional side of golf or uh, even just, you know, was excited to see the the NCAA National Championships over the last two weeks, this is the time of year where amateur golf really kicks into high gear. Um, let's kind of briefly talk about what the Elite Amateur Golf Series is and, and what tournaments are comprised and maybe just a little bit of a refresher of the history of this uh, of this great concept absolutely well you know like i said we you know we've been working on this since 2020 but really it got formalized in in 2021 where you know seven of the leading men's amateur championships that are conducted in the summer you know we you know the the concept started about communication and you know, wouldn't the amateur game be better if we were, if we work together instead of against each other? You know, especially scheduling. Yeah. Um, you know, just sharing best practices. 
those kinds of things. And, and it just sort of took a, um, natural progression from, from that into, Hey, this could be, you know, what if we made this a points race in the summertime? Okay. Well, if we do that, then, you know, what incentives can we provide the players to compete in our events and give them other opportunities? So that's really how it all, all got started and started formalizing together. And, and, and sure enough, it's taken, taken a lot of time, a lot of coordination, a lot of work by a lot of different people, um, you know, support not only, you know, from our seven events, which, um, you know, I'll just re- review who the, the seven events are and I'll just Please go do. right in cr- chronological order of, of, of how the series unfolds because it's actually starting in a couple weeks uh, with the Sunny Hannah Amateur up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. You know, they're at Sunny Hanna Country Club. Uh, then it, then the next event is the Northeast Amateur up at Wanamoiset in um, in Rhode Island. Then we go down to North and South Amateur at, at Pinehurst. Then the Trans-Mississippi Amateur. Um, well, I, I'll back up. The, the first three are anchor sites. So Sunny Hanna, Northeast, North-South are always at their, their host venues. But then right. you get into the last four events of the series and these are the events that will move around the country or within their designated footprints so trans mississippi amateur uh this year will be in dallas texas uh then the southern amateur uh we will be at the honors course in tennessee then the pacific coast amateur will be played up in uh canada and then the final event in the series is the Western Amateur, and that'll be up in Illinois this year. So um, those are the seven events leading into the U.S. Amateur. Uh, it's it's really been a uh, remarkable um, to me, to me. It's been a uh, unbelievable professional experience to work with such a great group of of people that are dedicated to the amateur game. Uh, we know there's a lot of things going on in the world. Uh, we hope that this is a positive that groups from across the country can actually work together and do what's best for a common goal. And, you know, we feel like the amateur game is is um, certainly evolving. There's a lot going on with it. But we we feel that, you know, our history collectively, which is almost 700 years between the seven events wow. is, um, you know, we think we've got a, a place in the game and, you know, we have some responsibility to, you know, uphold the integrity and, and the, um, you know, the history of the game, but also try and keep it as, as pure as, as possible um, at the same time, which we know, again, things are changing quickly sure. in the landscape. But at the end of the day, you're playing our events to win trophies. Yeah. And that's that's what it's about. And putting your name on the trophy alongside Bobby Jones or, you know, Tiger Woods or Webb Simpson or, you know, Phil Mickelson. I mean, you know, the the, the greatest Jack Nicholas. I mean, players, um, some of the greatest players in the game have all competed in our events at one point in time or another. So that's that to me is the coolest thing about this is to, to look back at the trophies um, see the uh, players' expressions when they win, and then they see their names going to be etched alongside some of the greats in the game. Well, the other thing that I kind of think is worth pointing out is, I mean, golf is, as we know, right around COVID, golf took off, and it's just getting stronger and stronger. And in the summer, that's really when everyone's trying to figure out, okay, what what can I play in as far as what tournaments can I get into? What do I want to play in? What, you know, geographically, you know, some of these, uh, you know, kids or, or mid-ams, some may be limited on, on you know, t- getting away from school or from work or from family vacation. You know, what, how do I set my schedule? And uh, obviously the Elite Am Series has has the seven marquee events of the summer, but there are so many other golf tournaments throughout the summer, whether it's state golf associations, other invitationals, uh, other championships. I, I kind of see in the next few years, this probably provides a 
a great blueprint for amateurs and their families of how to approach their summer and look at all the playing opportunities that are presented. And that is part of, you know, when we started the, uh, the conversation about the series was, was part of that Ben was to help players figure out their summer schedules. And cause you're right. There's so many other events and, and, and we know players are not going to play in all seven events. Right. You know, there's, you got the, especially at the highest elite level, you got, you know, the Palmer cup is played, uh, either right before Sonny Hanna or it falls into July when it goes to international. So you always have that event floating in there. Uh, we got the U S open as well that, you know, last year, I think there was 16 amateurs that played in the U S open. Um, you know, so that's on top of the Sonny Hanna amateur and usually guys that compete in the U S open, you know, they're, they're, that's a, that's a grueling week. And usually they need a, a week off after that, just to kind of recharge and reset their, their batteries a little bit. So that may affect the Northeast amateurs field yeah. a little bit. So, you know, like you said, there's, there's so many other things going on, you know, state amateur championships as well. You know, there's been some conversations about, you know, how do we, um, you know, align state amateurs maybe to help with that. Um, you know, here in Alabama, our state amateur is the week before Sonny Hanna. I know Florida state golf association moved their state amateur ahead of the Sonny Hanna just to try to, um, you know, incentivize their top players in their state to play in their state amateur before they get into, you know, the 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 gauntlet, I guess, of 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 the elite amateur golf uh, throughout the rest of the summer. So there's um, th- definitely that's that's part of this is to help the players because really at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about right. the it's about the kids. It's about the players. Um, you know, it ain't about us. I mean, we're just we're just trying to you know, run the best golf tournaments possible with the resources that we have. And, you know, it's, it's just an amazing thing that, and I want to touch on this as well, that, you know, the, you've got within the seven events, the first two, Sonny Hannah and the Northeast are conducted by volunteers at the club. You know, so John Yerger and Ben Tudhill are, they're not, they don't get paid to run those events, but they spend an incredible amount of time on those two tournaments. And, you know, the rest of us, North, South, Transmiss, Southern, Pac-Am, Western, yeah, we, there's professional staff right. that, that helps conduct all those, you know, whether it's directly as a, as a staff member or through partnerships um working with uh, the other organizations but you know sunny hand and northeast totally club driven by the members and you know john and and ben do a just an un- unbelievable job um it's thankless really you know dealing with you know trying to run the event um you know there's always club politics involved there's always you know financial constraints you know uh, conversation about their golf courses, you know, are they, you know, too short or they, you know, got to make some tweaks to, you know, keep up with the modern game, you know, so there's, there's, there's a lot of things that go on to, to pull these events off and, um, you know, host housing, um, you know, so it's, it's really, it's really amazing thing that, you know, across all seven events, what we do, but in particular, you know, Sunny Hand and Northeast, what they do with those two tournaments, um, year to year, um, it, it's it's all driven by John and Ben, just giving everything they've got to to put on the best golf tournaments possible up there. Yeah, and those are the two kickoff, and that really kind of sets the table because those two, you know, obviously, like you said, there's going to be some complications for some players that qualify for the U.S. Uh, for the U.S. Uh, Open, which is, hey, that's that's a great thing. That's a great thing for the Elite Am Series. That's a great thing for amateur mm-hmm. golf to have some of uh, your players uh, showcased on the biggest stage out at LACC. So uh, that'll happen. But those two events are so close in proximity that a lot of the top players just bookend those together. And I know that uh, they just jump in the car or, or catch a quick flight and head out of uh, Pennsylvania and go up the coast to uh, to Rhode Island. So 
Yeah, it, it's uh, that's going to be a fun little stretch right there. Let's talk a little bit before we kind of get into what lies ahead this year. Um, I want to talk about what the top five uh, point getters uh, received at the mm-hmm. end of last year's series and what is going to lie ahead for this year. Uh, and I actually went back and looked at that points race. And yes, uh, Caleb Surratt won it uh, going away. I think he played in six of the seven tournaments. So he had a super busy summer. But when you look at how that points chase evolved and what these players got out of it, I think I'm looking at within the two to five. So two to five was within like nine points of each other. And just under two points was between six and five. That was between David Ford and Carl Phillips snagged that five spot. But Caleb Surratt won at the top. Then you had Yuri Ziska from Louisville was number two. Bryce Lewis won the Son of Hannah. He finished in the third spot. Uh, Tommy Morrison had a great summer, highlighted by a runner-up finish at the North and South. And then, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. Carl Vilts was in the five spot. But can you talk about what those five gentlemen earned and what uh, what they've been able to kind of cash in uh, since then? Yeah, the you know it was interesting. I think there was some confusion. You know, when the series started, there was a lot of questions about. You know, what is this? How does it work? What do we really, what do we get out of this? And I, and as the summer went along, I think the players, they started figuring it out like, oh, hey, it's, you know, it's really our, the, the points we earn in Wagger and, you know, gets pulled out a little bit like PGA Tour U, you know, so it's, it's just a subset of, your performance and, you know, way Wagger works, you know, the, the fields are weighted um, according to the, the strength of the field. And, you know, these are seven of the strongest fields in, in amateur golf. So, you know, playing in these events, um, you know, helps, helps these guys certainly on their Wagger ranking, but, you know, within the, the point standings themselves is what drives the, the whole system. And, and I remember, you know, talking to Caleb, Surratt after the the Southern Amateur, and he, he was like, "I, I want to win this." And you know, he he did not have the Pacific Coast Amateur on his schedule, but they were able to get him in um, last minute, and he went out there and almost won the pack. Him, I think he finished second, tied for second at that. And that's and that's really between weeks five the Southern amateur and the Pacific coast amateur last summer is where Caleb, you know, he took the lead at week three, but then between weeks five and six is where he separated himself from, from the rest of the field. So, you know, you always want to see drama come down to the last event. That's what kind of our vision for this was, you know, you know, the top players would be at the Western amateur, you know, obviously playing for one of the most coveted titles in amateur golf, but at the same time, there's a bigger prize prizes waiting for for you know a set of players, and we'd hope that that would get decided during the Western Amateur. Um, you know, that didn't happen last year. Caleb just had one of the probably one of the best amateur summers you know, that we can think of in recent history. Um, you know, you forget that, you know, made a deep run at the U S junior, um, you know, in the midst of all this, you know, so he's playing six elite events. He's, he's playing in the U S junior. And you know, I think, uh, he was running around his gas. Yeah. His gas tank, you know, probably ran a little low and, um, you know, I think that'll be part of his, um, you know, scheduling and things moving forward to think about, um, you know, the opportunities that he has, because now he has a lot more opportunity and, you know, certainly the series, we, you know, helped him with, with opening some of those doors, you know, certainly he, you know, when the, the top two finishers got an opportunity to uh, each receive an exemption into a PGA tour event. So Caleb went to Bermuda last October and Yuri Ziska went to Puerto Rico this spring um, and got, got their starts there and both of them made the cut yeah. at, at the respective events. Um, and then on top of that, each of them got a corn Ferry tour start. Uh, Yuri's already used his and played at the hometown lenders in Huntsville, uh, which happened to fall right after the ACC championship. And again, Yuri went up there, made the cut. It was a little weather 
they had some weather up there with fog and 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 had to shorten the event to, to 54 holes but Yuri made the cut up there um then bryce lewis is um he he gets a corn ferry tour start um his will be at the end of june this year so you know the 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 great play from last summer is helping them this summer with with other opportunities. So Bryce will get to go up to the Memorial Health uh, Championship in Illinois. Um, but you know one of one of the downsides, and, and we knew this had a couple college coaches. You know when we announced the series, you know the exemptions, you know the partnerships that we're able to cultivate with with some of the Corn Ferry Tour events. We knew in the springtime there would be some potential um scheduling conflicts yeah. with corn fair events ncaa spring schedules and that's the the way it ended up with with tommy morrison and carl phillips they each got a corn fairy tour start and the way we the way we did it it was like a draft and you know so we had the you know the five corn fairy tour starts on the board caleb finished first so he got first selection then yuri picked second out of the last four and so forth down and you know carl got the the last the last event and and it just the one you know for tommy you know at the time you know tommy was in high school and you know graduated early and enrolled at texas uh, for the spring semester, and you know, now he's the number he's the number one for them um, heading into the NCAA. So, um, you know, Tommy couldn't use his exemption that that he had back in April, uh, and then Carl couldn't pull, use his exemption that um, that he had earned that was in May. So, um, you know, that's one of those things that we're um, certainly cognizant of. We 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 knew that there'd be those opportunities and you know we, we're not trying to put players and coaches and families in a in a tough spot you know having to make those hard decisions between do i play a college event this week or do i go play in a professional tour event um you know so we're 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 trying to think through that and how we can you know minimize that 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 impact potentially on, on the NCAA and, you know, spring golf season. So, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we keep working on that. Um, but you know, at the same time, you could have players that are graduated and, uh, worth a non-issue. So you're there, there's two sides to, to that as well. But, um, you know, that, that's what the, the great thing is the opportunities and the doors that are opening for the, for these players. And certainly, you know, Caleb, Yuri so far are proving that, you know, these, you know these players are, you know, tour ready already at this stage in their game, and and certainly it's a little different. Being an amateur, you can kind of freewheel it going into a uh, professional tour event, um, where you know it's a different story when when it's about making cuts and making making money and status and this and that. So um, you know I, I recognize that, but I think just you know tee to green, you know these guys are are are, are tour ready. Um, yeah, and I think uh, yeah, there's there's only a there's a limited number of weeks in the year, obviously. So there's going to be some sort of a complication overlap, and like you said, just address it, do the best you can, and move forward and try and work through those issues. As I'm sure that you know, again, the Elite Amateur Series is this is only going to. I mean, this is the second year, and um, I know that flexibility and and reviewing and assessing best practices year after year is going to be something that you're doing and as part of the infrastructure of the elite amp series because look it's it's going to change it's going to evolve there are going to be different things that are going to happen um i think i remember last year you said uh you know these tournaments these seven this is how it's going to be for three years and this is mm -hmm. kind of your first um uh, your first three-year stretch you're going to analyze everything every tournament every exemption another thing these top five got were uh, they were exempt into the USAM? Most of them were were clear on that regarding as far as Wagger goes, but um, um, they get exempted the USAM at Ridgewood, and they'll be exempt. The top five this year will get uh, exempt into Cherry Hills, and also, if I remember correctly, they're exempt into um, sectional qualifying for the U.S. Open. You're that I was getting ready to touch on that. That yeah, not to get lost in the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour starts, which are which are awesome. That's where these guys want to get and make their living um, in, in the future. But, you know, one of the biggest carrots that they're receiving is that 
exemption into final qualifying for the U.S. Open. So now they're 36 holes away from L.A. Country Club. And, you know, that, uh, you know, getting out of U.S. Open local qualifying, for those out there that have played in the U.S. Open local qualifier, no. I mean, it's a, you know, it's it's a one-day, 18-hole shootout. I mean, that's yeah. anything could happen. Um you know, as good as these guys are, all they got to do is have just a little bit of an off day, and they don't, and they don't get through to the next stage. So um, that that is a incredibly important opportunity for these guys. That um, you know, that'll be for them next week. You know, June, I believe next Monday is when uh, all the sectional qualifiers or final qualifiers are going to be conducted. So we'll we'll see um, out of those five. Hopefully, uh, hopefully all five of them advance to L.A. Country Club and um, get a chance to tee it up against the world's best. Yeah, and the other thing that uh, the Elite Am Series is going to have going for it uh, every other year is it will play a vital role in who makes that uh, U.S. Walker Cup team. And actually, GB and I as well, if there's players from uh, from Great Britain and Ireland that are over here in the States playing the Elite Am Series, it's going to really affect their wagger that's just another wrinkle that you're going to get every other year um i mean these players yes they want to win the sunny hannah and the northeast and and then you know down the line of all these lead am tournaments um but i think the way it kind of looks right now for that u.s walker cup team if you get one of these trophies on your name that is going to go a long way in making that team and and getting the attention of Captain Mike McCoy because there are so many players that are just that are really kind of stacked up and you know I'm thinking of that that you know the ITC that International Team Committee there's so many players that are so close in Wagger all it may take is for one of these players to to put a trophy next to their name and that may do it. That's exactly right, and you know this summer ahead. Uh, you know, the, the 16 players that have been invited to the U.S. Walker Cup practice squad, um, you know, most of them are going to play in the Elite Amateur Series event somehow, some way. You know, you may, you, you know, I, I can't speak for, you know, Gordon Sargent or Michael Thorpe Jorgensen and, you know, those guys at the top, you know, they they're, they have a little bit of a different opportunity, you know, probably going to play some PGA tour events this summer yeah. and, um, you know, playing the U S amateur as well. Um, you know, so, you know, those guys have a little bit different, but I think by and large, the, the, the group of, you know, at least American, uh, players for the Walker cup team certainly will play in, in multiple elite amateur golf series events this summer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a. I think I think Gordon and Michael can can probably start making sure that their passport is current because I think there's a good chance we're going to see them over in St. Andrews. Uh, I don't think I'm breaking any exciting news right there. I think that's pretty clearly that that might happen. But when you look at guys, you know, you look at a Bryce Lewis, you look at Caleb, you look at Ben James. Uh, you know, you, you go down the line. I mean, players. Even if they're on the outside looking in, you get hot this summer and you do something to USAM and also the US Amateur Champion is going to automatically get put on that team. So, mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, you might have a, I mean, I guess your dream scenario possibly is someone that's on the outside looking in. Yeah. I mean, what if you have a guy that's on the outside looking in for that Walker Cup team and plays a lot of Elite Am Series events, gets in the top five and automatically gets that USAM and goes on to win it? You could trace it all the way back that the Elite Amateur Series paved the way for someone to represent their country at the at the Walker Cup. Uh, yes, I mean, I'm just throwing all the dream scenarios last, out there for you, Andy. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, there's, <laughs> there's, I mean, if you look back the last summer, you know, not many people knew who Caleb Surratt was, right? And you know, we, you know. He he did it himself. I mean, look, he he had a special summer, and look, he it's not like he's ta- he's slowing down no. any. You know, he's you know won the SEC championship individual title. He's you know got a special exemption into the American Express, and then Monday qualified into um, the Farmers, and, and then just played in a Corn Ferry Tour event in in Knoxville this yeah. past weekend that he Monday qualified into. I mean, 
I mean, the, the kid is Monday qualifying into these professional events and I, I, you know, it just speaks to, you know, how, how good his game is, no matter, no matter what, what area of the country he plays in or what type of golf course he plays in, he's got game that travels and that's, that's how you make a living doing, doing professional golf is, is being able to peg it and, and score no matter where, no matter where you go. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been quite, quite exciting for us to, to watch, you know, Kale, but also, you know, Yuri and, you know, Bryce, I mean, these, these, you know, on the golf course, they are superstars or will be, but off the golf course, they're just all super solid individuals and people as well. And, you know, that's, that's really what, um, excites me about the game is, you know, the future of the game that we have these types of, you know, quality individuals that will, will be the faces of the game in the future. And, uh, you know, and going down the list, you know, I can brag on our Southern amateur champion, David Ford. Um, you know, he's, he had a heck of a year at North Carolina and, um, you know, so we look forward to seeing him th- this summer playing multiple events, and um, you know, you, you just you keep going down the line, and you know, his his brother Maxwell, you know, didn't you know play well. Ross Steelman, I mean, you know, so you got these these guys that are playing high level golf, um, but also I think that you know their their character and quality of them as people is is what's going to really help keep golf in a great place in the future. Well, we're going to look ahead to, to to this year, and and one thing before we jump, I just wanted to one interesting thing is Caleb played in six tournaments, did not win any of them, so it also kind of shows that just super consistent play, and actually only one person in the top five won a tournament, and that was Bryce Lewis and Sonny Hanna. So it shows the consistency that these guys had, and um and you can really look down the line. I mean, a lot of players. I'm looking at last year's just listing. I mean, they're playing three, four, five. Um, not many played six. I think that was just Tommy and Caleb. Um, mm-hmm. The frequent flyer miles they racked up must be impressive. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of guys. And one thing just to make sure people understand, um, in order to qualify for that Elite Amateur Cup, to get all those exemptions, you must play at least three tournaments, which um, not many. Oh, I mean, I'm looking right down the list, and I think only two players – yeah, only two players in the top 25 only played three tournaments. So these guys are really jumping into this, uh, you know, both feed right into the pool and they're playing a lot of tournaments. So that's a that's a great thing to see. Now, this year, um, one of the, you know, one of the great things I think I'm really excited about with this Elite Amp Series is, is the partnership between Elite Amp Series and the back of the range. And, uh, you know, we're not going to dive into a ton of that, and but I know we had our conversations back at the early uh, part of this year saying, you know, what can we do to kind of uh, partner up and, and bolster amateur golf? And, and the partnership just seems like a natural fit to me. Um, one of the things that we're going to do this year, so I'll be traveling to all of these tournaments. And the one thing I wanted to make sure people listening understand that we're going to do is you're providing the stage for them to compete. And I think the back of the range is is helping provide the the stage for them to promote their brand and promote their activities throughout the summer. So let's talk you know talk a little bit about the digital media library we're going to provide these players, which is something I I've kind of had in the back of my head for a long time, and uh, I'm excited about that this summer. We are probably as excited or even more excited, Ben, to to partner with you in the back of the range because you know each year. You know, we look at how how can we continue the momentum? How can we continue to get better? How can we continue to um, tell our story and 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 do it in the right way? And uh, you know, our tagline with the with the lead amateur golf series is the best of the best. You know, the best players play at the best venues, the best against the best competition, and you know, you are the best in, in this space. And, you know, that's why we want to, we're partnering with you to, to, you know, help elevate, you know, what we are doing, you know, at each event, but also tell the story of the series 
And then, uh, you know, as as the media world is is evolving and changing, you know, the the media asset library, which was your idea to be able to provide players that compete in EAGS events with a library of assets, whether it's photography, videography, interviews, you know, all the things that we're going to compile this summer that's going to be available to them to utilize on their own social media platforms. And, you know, like you said, to build their own brands and build their own, um, you know, name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's really, that's really what it's about. you know, we, we want to help you do it in a professional um, way and manner, you know, certainly to, we're going to try and put a few safeguards and rails around it, um, sure. to, you know, just to protect what, you know, what you're doing and, and what we're doing collectively together. But at the end of the day, yeah, we want Caleb to go in and grab photos or, or, you know, um, uh, you know, Tommy Morrison or, uh, you know, whoever it might be can go in there and pull these things out and reshare on their social medias. And that's, that's, what's going to help continue to drive because I mean, that's, that's what this age and demographic does nowadays. That's how they consume media. That's how they consume information and uh, you know not that we don't want to be on golf channel and and stream our events and you know but you know there is a an incredible cost to that <laughs> off the oh, side yeah. because we we have explored it and you know we're just not quite there yet but we do think there's you know uh, you know up and coming media platforms that you know we might be able to leverage and partner with in the future you know and i think working with you and back at a range is our, is our first step into you know looking at you know the the modern way media is 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 you know how stories are told and how things are uh, you know information is is shared and you know in a positive way <laughs> and that's I want to want to make sure that that's you know front and foremost here you know this is you know we see this as a positive to help elevate amateur golf and these individuals and and trying to help get them to where they want to get to in their professional golf careers. Yeah. And, and the other thing we're going to also do, and um, uh, <laughs> I mean, right now we're, we're talking and recording a podcast episode and you're sitting in your office and I'm sitting in mine. Um, but uh, the other thing we're going to do this summer is we're going to have uh, each champion of these seven tournaments on, uh, on for a conversation here at the back of the range to recap their week and how everything went at, at the tournament that they ended up winning. Now, now, Andy, some of those episodes might get recorded uh, on the on the run in hotel rooms as I'm moving from one <laughs> tournament to the other. So, uh, yeah, everyone, uh, gosh, that'd be funny to share with you exactly where all of those podcast episodes, all seven of them, get recorded because they will be all over the country when it happens. But yeah, that that's going to be a fun part of it. And I can tell you right now, I've spoken to players uh, here at the uh, you know right now I'm I'm, I'm here in Arizona at the uh, national championship. And I've already spoken with several players here, letting them know, like, hey, this is what's coming this summer. And their eyes lit up when I told them about the uh, the digital asset library. They just thought that was like, oh, this is going to be great. Because, um, and and the rollout of that is is coming soon. So we'll we'll get into that as we get closer to the summer. But they're excited for it. I'm excited as well. Um, I will let you go, but one final thing. I know that we can't get you off of this podcast without sharing a little bit of information about 2024, dropping a little nugget and a little bit of news, because uh, we always like to do that here at the back of the range. Give me a little taste of what's going to happen in 2024 that may or may not be public knowledge yet. Well, you know, first, Ben, thanks. Thanks for all that you do. And it, we are incredibly excited about the, you know, the summer ahead, but you know, looking down the road, you know, we, you know, for the last couple of years, we have in, in the background been working on, um, a women's series yeah. to, to mirror, to mirror the men's series, uh, to help. And we have seen the positive impact that has had on the men's amateur game. And, you know, the women's amateur game looks a little bit different, just the way the events are, are structured and scheduled, um, you know, so I don't, uh, you know, we've been working on this for two years. Uh, we are very close to having 
um, the the series um, pulled together. Uh, got to give credit to Rob Addington, uh, who's been leading that effort. Uh, who's you know uh, executive director of the Transmiss Golf Association. Uh, we've had a committee pulled together of of um, you know leading um, women's voices in the game from USGA, from college coaches to players to help us, um, you know, make this the best it can possibly be for the women's game. And, um, you know, that, so that's why it's taking some time. It's just, you know, like I said, the, the schedule's a little bit different on the women's game. So it won't, you won't see the gauntlet of seven straight weeks right. in the summer like right. you do for on the men's side. You know, it'll probably be some events in January. And then we'll pick it back up in in late May after the NCAA's, and you know there's you got the Women's Open in there, and you've got the Curtis Cup, and you know so we're we're mindful of the other leading women's events that are going on Palmer Cup as well um, that that will affect the the elite women's game. So we're we're incredibly excited. We we hope it. We hope when this is uh, announced and launched and, and gets going for 2024 that it will have an even bigger impact on the women's game than we've been able to uh, to have on the men's game. So it's um, um, quite it's important to us. Um, number one, uh, we knew since day one when we started the men's series and, and the conversations that we knew um you know, somebody needs to take the lead on the women's game and 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 help coalesce it more um, in the same manner as we have with the women with conversations and best practices and you know helping with women with their scheduling. You know, it's just it's um, um, you know I would I would say just in my research and the research of the committee that you know it's been it's been a little eye opening to to see you know the the number of events that are out there. Um, you know, when they're played, you know, like there was one week last year where three leading of women's events were on top of each other. So, you know, that it's stuff like that that we've kind of discovered and we're trying to untangle it a little bit to make it better, you know, for the, uh, a little easier for the, uh, top women's players, um, to, to kind of look at their schedule and plan accordingly amongst, you know, all the other opportunities that they, that they may have. So obviously still a little bit of work left to be done, but you're saying that 2024, there will be an elite amateur women's golf series rolled out. We are, we are putting the stake in the ground and it is going, it is going to happen. That's um, awesome. So we're, so we're, we're going to, uh, you know, our plan is to formally announce it in the fall. Okay. Um, you know, so we've still got some work, ahead to do uh we have a new website um launching next week as a matter of fact for the eags um you know that's where the media asset library that that we've talked about will will be accessible but also there will be a women's series um menu item it won't be much on it that's okay that's okay we're starting we're gonna have that's okay it will be there it will be there and that's our commitment to to the game that look we're going to get this done um you know so uh you know i uh, again rob uh, our our committee uh, all the other eags members that have been involved in this um you know it's it, it's been a, a passion project of ours and we're we're excited to get it to get it off the ground um equally or even more so than we were on the men's on the men's side because it's going to be very very cool and um you know, when hopefully it'll be, um, you know, shot in the arm for, for, for the women's game. That's very exciting. I, I, that's one thing that I've actually been trying to do here at the back of the range is get to more, uh, uh, women's events, um, not just the collegiate side, but also the amateur side. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the Jones cup junior. That's pretty much my only junior event that I focus on. And I'm at a couple senior medium events, but, uh, but yeah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like a lot of fun and uh, something that's really needed in the space of uh, of amateur golf. So I'll get you out of here. Uh, we're talking a lot about the elite amateurs, obviously. Here, uh, you know, having you on talking about the what's a, the exciting part of this series coming up this summer. But obviously, there's so many great amateurs out in in uh, in the country in the world right now. 
you know, it's all based on, uh, you know, ranking systems and some players may not be eligible to play in every tournament like a Northeast or, or a Southern or a Son of Hannah. Maybe they're slightly on the outside looking in where they're in some, but not others. What's your advice maybe for the, you know, the parent of a really good junior in high school, uh, senior in high school that's entering college golf what's their what's the best pathway for them to get to a spot where they can play in all of these elite amp series events set their schedule and and get themselves eligible to perhaps win the elite amateur cup yeah ben it's 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 really a great question and you know there's such a transition from junior golf to amateur golf and you know, in the junior golf world, you know, you know, here we run the Southern Junior Championship, you know, but within junior golf, certainly AJGA is the, you know, the preeminent organization uh, for junior golf and then throwing the U.S. Girls Junior and the Boys Junior um, into that and, you know, Junior Invitational over at Sage Valley. You know, those, those are the, you know, the marquee, you know, junior events. Um, my, my suggestion to them is, you know, you, you, you have to get Wagger ranked world amateur golf ranking that that's where it starts. You've got, I think the sooner that you can become Wagger ranked, then the sooner you're able to start building your, your international ranking. And, um, you know, that's nothing against. The other rank, you know, AJGA has their own Rolex junior rankings and you got junior golf scoreboard sure. and golf week. You know, so there's all, there's nothing against them. But at the end of the day, Wagger is going to drive a lot of things in the future. You know, the USGA has announced their, you know, the um, team stars and stripes or the, you know, the, the player development program. Wagger is going to have a big role in that. That's going to decide, you know, exemptions, going to decide pathways into the future. Um, and that's at the junior golf landscape. I mean, think about the U.S. junior or the girls junior, you know, exemptions are based upon Wagger, um, you know, the age filter being pulled out. So, you know, that, that would be the one thing. And I, and I do think, you know, I've been helping, uh, you know, the USGA, we have a small committee kind of uh, working with them on some ideas about Wagger, uh, education. You know, I don't think a lot of people understand how it works and how to get ranked, what's involved, um, those kinds of things. So I do think we, you know, I'll put my state golf association hat on for Alabama that, you know, we need to do a better job in partnership with the USGA educating our, our members and amateurs about, you know, what the World Amateur Golf Ranking is, what the pathways it will provide for you in, in the future. So, um, you know, that that's that's being handled and worked on in, on the back end. So hopefully some point we'll see some more education being brought out about what that is. But, you know, there's only so many spots right. in our events. And, you know, you take Sunny Hannah and Northeast, they have the smallest fields of the, of the series, you know, once you get to North South, you know, I think they play 120 to 132, but then transmiss 144 and then 156 for us. And the pack am actually is probably the smallest field right now, just due to their, their structure out there with the Pacific coast golf association and, and, and the Morse cup. So, um, the Western am has 156. So, you know, the, the size of the fields vary. And I think part of, what we, you know, you asked earlier, like, you know, how things are evolving, you know, what changes are being made. I think internally for each of us, the demand to play in our events is, is, is incredible. And, but at the same time, we have to manage that demand at the same time. And, you know, so I think each of us are, are learning as we go along. Um, you know, I can tell you, I can speak for the Southern and we had record entries this year. Um, you know, over a thousand entries for the Southern Amateur. Now we have 16 qualifiers to, to earn a, earn a spot into the, um, into the Southern Amateur, which is different than 
than the rest of the series. And, that, and that's part of the uniqueness of the series itself is each of us has our own, you know, uh, invitation criteria or, you know, some run qualifiers, some don't, um, you know, some have a limited field and some are a little more bigger than the others. So I think that that's, that uniqueness is going to, you know, hopefully remain because I think that's part of each of our identities uh, in the series. But I think that players that can't necessarily, you know, either earn an exemption or an invitation to one of the EAGS events or have an opportunity to go qualify for, for one of the EAGS events, there are so many other high-level tournaments being conducted in the country that, you know, between the Monroe Invitational, the Dogwood, or the Southeastern Amateur, or the Rice Planners, or the Palmetto Amateur, you know, Porter Cup. I mean, there's, there's a lot Southwestern men's amateur out, out West in Arizona. There, there's a lot of really great events that out across the landscape. So, uh, you know, we, as part of our website and as part of our commitment to amateur golf, you know, certainly, we, we, you know, we, we want to have the best fields possible. Um, but, you know, what about the player that's four, five, six hundred in Wagger? You know, where do they go play? Well, there's a bunch of other great events that they um, hopefully will get an opportunity to, to play in. And I don't want those events to get lost in what they do, because there are. There's some really great tournaments out there. And we want to, you know, as part of our website, we have a list of all the n other major men's events and we'll do the same thing on the women's side as well when that comes to fruition to you know help guide um individuals and families to you know hey look if i can't play in the southern amateur this week what else is going on oh look i can go play in the porter cup as an example so um you know we we feel strongly about um you know john yerger at the sunny hannah he you know the lifting all boats um tagline and and certainly we we believe in that that you know you know we're elevating amateur golf not only within the series events but also hopefully um the other events as well andy absolutely thrilled to be partnering with the elite amateur series this summer and uh hope we uh <laughs> i hope to see i know i'll see it at the southern hopefully i'll see it in some of the some more of these tournaments but uh Enjoy your summer. It's going to be a fast one. It's going to be a great one. And I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Oh, you're welcome, Ben. And, and thank you for the partnership and the opportunity to um, elevate amateur golf because uh, we're a lot of great things are happening right now. And, and we're proud to be with you and helping us get to where we want to be. Well, there you have it. Special thanks to Andy Priest from the Elite Amateur Golf Series for joining me on this special preview episode here at the back of the range. Don't forget to learn more about the Elite Amateur Golf Series. Head over to their website, their new website, actually, EliteAmateurGolfSeries.org. Follow along on social media there and at the back of the range. It's going to be a great summer, and we'll see you next time here at the back of the range. <laughs>